Yo, yo, what's good, Supernovas, and welcome back to the Worst Generation Podcast. I'm your host, GB, and uh, we're doing things a little bit different today. I apologize if I don't have my normal energy today, but it's been a trying time right now uh, for me individually and for, you know, people in the entire world. The date of this recording is Tuesday, June 2nd, 2020, and our nation, better yet, our world, because I've been seeing stuff everywhere, our world is going through a change. So with that being said, today's pod will not be anime and manga related, although it is possible fucking around with us, you will hear an anime and manga reference, but instead we'll be discussing the state of our nation uh, and the world around us, and also like expressing our own feelings and emotions to current events. So uh, I'll get into this by saying, uh, you know, life as a black person is very rarely easy. We have to be smarter, faster, more creative, more resourceful, kinder, and just basically be in a state of constantly adjusting ourselves to make it, you know, day to day. Somehow, after us doing all that shit and putting in all of our efforts, we still find ourselves judged and perceived by our outward appearance and none of the the characteristics that truly define us. Uh... You know, I think I speak for a lot of people when I say we find ourselves isolated in our daily lives at work uh, within various social settings um, and many areas that are outside of the communities that we are born and raised in. And that's just draining. As a a 32-year-old black man, I'm just tired of the whole thing. And so I found myself earlier this week in a state of depression, and I was struggling to do much of anything, uh, create, clean, innovate. Um, shit, I was even struggling interacting with people. And I found myself just on social media scrolling through, you know, video clip after video clip of uh, George Floyd and Black Lives Matter and the protest and um, the naysayers, the people that go against the protest, uh, government officials giving their input, um, checking updates to see if I had to go to work or what the environment around me is like, just all that. I found myself sucked in and... We ended up, uh, the secretary and I ended up leaving the house yesterday, and um, we went on a hike, which I haven't done in a while, but it's something I actually love. We went on a hike, and as we had like a moment of silence and kind of thought, she posed this question to me that, you know, I think that you're sucked in and depressed because, you know, you haven't like figured out what your place is and all of this. And so, what is your place? Where do you fit? What is your role? I'm still working to figure that part out, but I do know a couple things. I have this platform, the Worst Generation Podcast, um, and we have you, all of our beautiful supernovas that are listening to this podcast right now, so I want to use this to the best of my ability that I can at this particular point in time. We'll be sharing our experiences, our thoughts, our feelings with you, um, and we'll also be selling a special edition Worst Gen Pod shirt until Juneteenth, uh, 100% of the profit will go to support a charity that we reveal on the day this episode drops. So, let's hop back into the question that the secretary posed to me um, in just a little bit. But first, uh, before I forget, let me introduce the illustrious crew who are with me, joining me on this on this podcast today. Uh, I'm going to kick it off first with, uh, I feel like 
it's best that I kick it off with the with the political noobs. Uh, welcome to the pod, Lito. Yo, this is Carlito, aka Lito. Uh, not even gonna give my other AKs because this is just not that type of pod today. But, um, man, let's we gotta control the narrative. We gotta we gotta uplift everybody that includes protesters and rioters. Uh, because this ain't the first time. It won't be the last time, unfortunately. Thank you for that. Uh, up next, let me introduce uh, Cuzzo. Say what's up to the folks. Hey, what's up, y'all? It's uh, that boy Frankie. Uh, you know, I'm glad to be here with these dudes, but uh, we're going to talk about some uh, kind of somber stuff. And uh, this this isn't my... I typically like to be uh, opposite of that. So, like, you know, funny, but, like, this is something that, you know, probably should be taken more serious. So, you know, we'll do that. Uh, <clears throat> thank you for stepping out of your shell, Cuzzo, and joining us on the pod. I know it's difficult, you know, to to kind of go against what you what you normally be a part of, and I just want to say I appreciate you like speaking up and sharing your voice at a time when it's unusual for you, or in a in a method that is unusual for you. Thank you. Uh, and last but not definitely not least, uh, the man of the hour who helped me pull this last minute pod together. Uh, Leak. What's good, y'all? It's One Piece Leak. Um, with a lot of stuff on my mind, man. Um, not a whole lot of great things going on, but hopefully we can have some great conversations because of, because of the stuff that's going on. So can't wait to talk about what's going on in the world right now. So <clears throat> uh, bef- I want to get to the secretary's question, but I think we have to give kind of like some context and some backstory. So, uh, to give a quick version without leaving, you know, missing too many key details, we basically had a death recently um, where a man, a black man by the name of George Floyd, was killed by police officers. Um, and the events that have surrounded that have caused the boiling pot of racial tensions and emotions and um, millennia's or would it would it be centuries centuries of oppression to spill over and what we are seeing now is a revolution of sorts where everyone is is fighting back so we're seeing um we're seeing a a, a mass number of peaceful protests we're seeing uh some violence in the form of riot and looting we're seeing uh the government responding in ways that are not really conducive to humanity and togetherness and inclusivity, but we'll get into that later. Uh, but we have seen, uh, you know, people beginning the beginning signs of martial law coming our way, and so the whole thing is just kind of spiraling out of t- control. And so, uh, whereas George Floyd's death should not have been a factor, it should have never happened. Of uh, counterfeit twenty, correct? Was it twenty or fifty? I think you said it was a 20. Yeah, so... <clears throat> and it wasn't even up, fake. It wasn't even fake. I did not know that part. Yeah, it, they found it wasn't even fake. So what started to be uh, engagement over a counterfeit 20 that was later found out to not be fake ended in the senseless violence and loss of this man's life, George Floyd. Um, and not to take anything away from the impact of his death, 
but the situation as a whole, police violence and the government's mistreatment of black persons is now spilled over. This is, uh, in a sense, the camel that broke the straw's back. So kind of the first things I want for you guys, from you guys before we get into like the greater, the deeper backstory of it, is what were your initial reactions to the video and the death of George Floyd? Um, GB, can I actually add before we get into that? I don't think George Floyd was the tip over point, but this all started with as far as events that were happening with Amar Bradley in Atlanta and with Breonna Taylor in uh, Louisville. So I want to make sure that we are including the other black man and the black woman who was unjustly killed by police officers before George Floyd while also uplifting how George Floyd's death um, sparked what I would like to call a revolution uh, right now. And uh, the other thing I want to point out is that I wouldn't say that the riots and looting um, as violence, because that's the narrative that the media is, is pushing right now. And that villainizes the movement more so than making it, a movement that needs to be heard because the only way our voices are heard is if we respond to unjust killings in the same way that these unjust killings happen, which I would say is the actual violence. So I just wanted to say that. I'm with that. Uh, I'll make sure I, we take a portion of the show later to touch on the loons and riots because I don't think the whole situation is violent, but I have had some... Uh, some first person encounters with the situations out here in LA that have me feeling a certain way about the whole thing. So we'll get into that at a later part of the podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Same, same in Chicago. Absolutely. All right. Um, where was we at? Oh yeah. Um, leak. Was it leak that was going to talk? I can go. Um, just my initial thoughts when I saw what happened was like, first of all, what the fuck? And second of all, okay, so how are they going to try to blame this on him? Because he's laying on the ground, handcuffed, knee on his neck, telling you I can't breathe. And I'm just like, there's no way that they're going to try to, that they can justify this. And the second thought that came to my mind, like in the back of my mind was, what do we do in this situation? Because on one hand you see someone getting murdered like let's call it what it is he was murdered in front of dozens of people and you have one group of people saying no you can't do anything like you you can't just sit and watch and record don't watch and record go do something and i feel that but we also have to keep in mind that some people have families and small children and stuff like that and i'm not making excuses for them because i mean you shouldn't sit and watch someone die but you got to understand that people are put in impossible situations and unless everyone around you is willing to like mobilize and do something then one person going to help might not even get anything done besides you getting put on the ground next to him and him kneeling on your neck so that's just something that was in the back of my mind when i watched it but Watching him like die in front of like it wasn't physically in front of me, but watching him die 
in front of me made me fucking nauseous. Like, and the lack of concern on the officer's face, like, it makes you lose faith in humanity damn near. Like, a normal human being can't do that. So it makes you question, like, just who are these people in positions of power that have been put there and what are their morals? Like, do they even have morals? And how do we get them out? Because we can protest, we can be pissed off, we can, people can loot, people can riot, but what does that actually do? Like, how does that actually, like, make tangible changes to where this doesn't happen? So that was my initial thoughts and questions that I have for myself. Leek, I definitely, um, I feel you on a lot of that. And it's a lot of the things that I'm questioning also. It's kind of like we've been protesting since the 60s. And where has that gotten us? You know what I'm saying? So not to say that's not enough, but there's got to be something more. But I can get into that bag a lot more later. Um, But my reaction to the video was the same way I reacted when I saw my you know Mike Brown get shot in 2014 when we watch when we watch Eric Garner get choked out uh by the New York City police when you watch Laquan McDonald with his back turn catch 16 shots um you know when we saw Tamir Rice get gunned down cuz he had a toy gun like those is kids so it's like this this it just reminds me and it, and it hurts me because every time we see something like that happen, I always think about the history, right? So I always think about how Fred Hampton was assassinated by Chicago Police Department, right? He was killed in front of his kid and his wife. So it's like you have so many people who before we had just video at the ready who witnessed police injustices, who witnessed white cops killing black men and women who have to grow up with that trauma. So now all of us have that trauma because millions of us are seeing it happen right before our very eyes. Um, I think that that is what bothers me the absolute most is because it's not anything new. It's just that we have more access to it now. And now that we have more and more and more people seeing it, there is no way to justify it for happening. Yet somehow, some way, no, all of these fucking cops aren't being convicted. That's what bothers me. That's what bothers me so much. That, and on the second half of that, is the motherfucking cops that sit there and watch these motherfuckers kill people, G. That is insane. How do you, and that goes back to your point, Leek, about morality. How do you watch your colleague kill someone and don't do anything about it. What you are just as guilty as the motherfucker who had his neck, his uh, knee on George for his neck as the cop who shot 16 bullets. You're just as guilty as the cop who shot Tamir Rice, who choked out Eric Garner. You sat there and watched it happen in that culture in the police police departments across the nation because these aren't isolated incidents like the media would want you to believe this is a culture and that's what they do 
they have this code of silence and this code of respectability. And if you speak out against it, then you get ostracized and you can't do your job because you're being harassed or you get fired because you didn't stick with stick with us and we supposed to be police, et cetera, et cetera. So now you have the good cops becoming martyrs in the police force and you leave the entire force now with these cops who are either going to be silent, who are going to be watching things happen and say, eh, at least I didn't kill him. Or the ones who are just straight up members of the fucking KKK or people who are just straight up killing because they know that they can get with it. There are no repercussions for police officers. And until there is, this will never stop. Cuzzo? Uh, <clears throat> well, generally when this stuff happens, I don't like to watch the videos. Um, just because like, it's like, you know, you've seen one, you've kind of seen it all. And it's just like, it's, it's only going to end up being something sad. So I don't like, I, if I can, if I can choose to, I choose not to live in that space. Um, I did see, uh, I did actually see these videos cause they're all over social media. So like I saw, uh, you know, a mods video and a George's video. I only saw it once and like, I just really, you know, uh, I guess like initially like I don't really have feelings because like I just I guess I go numb. I don't wanna I don't wanna feel it. Um, and it's just like you know, uh, Lita was speaking about like how the cops kind of sit there and it's just like well, it's that herd mentality kind of you know like he was speaking to. It's just they don't wanna uh, they don't they don't wanna break that you know they have a they have a fraternity if you will. They don't wanna go break the bonds of that fraternity of that that they that they share. So on the one hand, you know. I can I can understand that you know, but on the other hand, it's like they don't make it right. So it's like it speaks to like you know, three of us in, on this here are in the frat. It's like it speaks to like you know, when do you check your LB? If like you know he's wrong, it's like, but like at the same time you still want to back him up. So it's like there needs to be more accountability there. Like hey, if your LB is like really wrong and it's something serious, you gotta check that man. Be like hey man, we don't do that here. Um, and the cops, I think they should do that too. Like I think it's weird like that. They just was able to sit there and watch him, like, you know, just do that, like, sit, stand on his neck and be like, that, that was cool. And, like, and, like, you hear, um, later on, you hear, like, that's not proper police protocol. Like, they don't teach that in the academies. And so it's like, well, well if they know that, if they know that that's wrong, like, well, why are they allowing that? Or if it's like, you know, my thing is, like, if they can see he's subdued and, uh, and cops, you know, they go through training and they've proven that they can subdue. Um, subdue suspects without, you know, uh, severe punishment, if you will. So it's like, well, why can't that just apply? Like, why, why doesn't why doesn't your training take over in cases when it's black people? Um, and like the sad part about this is like, um, I think Lita spoke to us earlier. It's like, um, all this is just getting televised now. But what was really sad is like it's it's probably less now than it was back in like our parents' day. But like it's worse now because it's getting televised. So like for better, or for worse, like you gotta live with that. Yeah, I think uh, the first thing I want to talk about uh, from my perspective, <laughs> or really I'll talk about how I felt when I saw the video. Um, when I first saw the video of George, um, I was actually at work, so someone had sent me the video like. Some to the effect of damn, like it's happening again, bro. And I opened up the the phone 
and I saw what was happening. And so where I sit at work, I'm kind of in the in the lobby area. So I'm really skeptical about playing those type of videos and shit on my phone because people walk behind me all day and the people in my office are not. Uh, there are some black people, but I don't feel like these are issues that these are conversations I can have with them. If that, I don't know how to say that in a in the She's right not way. Yeah, I'm just not comfortable having these conversations with them, with the black people that are there, and then with the other people, of course, like they're white and shit. And I'm I already be struggling at work trying to feel like I fit in or can relate to these people or have any type of connection with my team. So um, I didn't want that to be another divisive thing. And I found myself ashamed for playing the video while I was at work, and I ended up, like, turning it off. And so I ended up, uh, on my lunch break, I went and found me some alone time, ended up watching the video, and this shit just broke my heart. I hadn't seen any videos for uh, Brianna or Ahmad before that moment. Um, I had heard about Brianna, but I didn't. I only heard about it barely, like in sporadic comments. So I didn't know how big that was or if it was even true or if it was an old case that had resurfaced. I didn't know much about that before the George. So um, watching the George Floyd video, it broke my heart that this man died. And it wasn't like a quick death. It wasn't a decisive moment. Like you held your knee on his neck for the entire nine minutes, which is a fucking eternity when you can't breathe. I don't know if anybody ever been without air. The fucking nine minutes is a while. And apparently he was unconscious for three of those. So, I mean, that six minutes must have been torture on his brain. And so I just couldn't fathom, fathom that that you could do that. Like, you know what you're doing to this person. And if you're the cops on the sidelines, you can see what's happening to this person. Uh, I also found myself thinking about the, civi- the civilians just there, the other people that are recording. And I found myself wondering, like, Thinking back to my days as a kid, my first run ins with the cops before the age of 10. And it was like, well, do I call more police? Like, they treating me shitty. If I call 911, do more of these same type of motherfuckers show up? And I'm dealing with an even bigger problem than what I'm dealing with now? Do I just deal with the two that's here? Uh, I found myself asking these questions at like eight. And I still find myself asking these questions to this day when I see the videos and shit. Like, what do you do? do? Do you call the police? Do they bring more? Do you try to appeal to the other cops that's there? Because they don't really listen. Even when you're trying to appeal and say, like, he's dying or, like, say something, they look the other way. It doesn't happen. It's a fraternity of, of fucking violence and, and thuggery, really, when you look at it. Um, I remember the moment because... So, we, we are the worst generation podcast. And to me, that meant, like, three things. We were One Piece fans outside of uh, Carlito at first. <laughs> Uh, we were One Piece fans, we were millennials, which is considered the worst generation, and we were black, which a lot of people say, like, we the worst of the worst for races that when I'm talking to people outside the black race, like, just the perception that we get and the way people look at us without even knowing us, the shit is fucked up. So all that shit meant something, and me really wanting the worst generation podcast to be a thing. And the crazy thing about, about millennials is, like, we have lived through two times we've lived through a time without social media and without those things and then we've lived through a time with social media and respect to what's happening with police brutality and these killings and everything that's going on i remember a time in my life when i thought what i was experiencing was specific to chicago i remember a time in my life when i felt like 
as a as a young kid in Chicago, everything I was seeing is police brutality was happening here. And once I get outside this city or I go someplace else, I wouldn't see cops of the same nature. There had to be good cops in other places. Times had to be different when I go elsewhere. I remember the moment when I was in college in Carbondale and I'm talking to somebody and they talking about their police brutality that they've experienced firsthand in Memphis. And they're talking about what happened to them in Tennessee. And then you get people that's talking about Atlanta and you come to realize like, this shit is everywhere. It's not just to my area. And now to the earlier point made by all three of you, as social media takes off, now you're able to see that this shit is really everywhere. It's It's been ingrained in the culture of us for some of our, our entire lives, and these are not isolated events. And so for me, that's a disheartening experience because for me, instantly it goes from we need to clean up this one neighborhood to like it's the whole nation it's the whole world that's against us and then how do i fix that problem how do i apply myself to that so all these feelings pretty much ran through my head as i'm like backtracking and i'm going through the video and i'm watching this man die in front of me uh and that's a hurtful thing to watch too so i definitely understand where you're coming from too because over like you try not to immerse yourself in the videos because them shits can be triggering and them shits just can be abusive to your, your your mind state when you're watching them over and over again as we constantly processing videos of police killing innocent black men and women over and over again. That shit plays on you. Like, you can, you can find yourself desensitized to that shit and start saying shit like, oh, it's the system. Like, I know people like that. It's just like, it's the way it is. Like, what are we going to do? I mean, quick side note, just the fact that these videos can keep getting circulated on social media on infinite loop. Yet, if somebody makes a homophobic comment, their account gets suspended. That shit, in my opinion, is definitely by design. Like, you keep showing this traumatic event to black people, thinking that we're not going to have some sort of disorder or PTSD from it, or become desensitized to it to where we think it's normal. Like, I feel like that shit is definitely by design, and a lot of people don't realize that like we can see a black person get killed on any social media platform any at any given time and it will not be removed but it's definitely else, by design bro it's the, anything it's, else like that shit gets your account will get literally pulled immediately to me at times it feels the same way as like you know in medieval times you put the head on the stake outside the castle just to have a reminder all the time, like, this shit can happen. And then you got the narrative that's underneath every post where everyone's going like, well, they would have just complied. They would have listened bro, to the police the officers. Comments. I'm sick of the comments, bro, because, like, the comments don't apply to real life. So a bunch of people in cyber that's trying to say, like, this is the result of you not following this particular narrative, which does not apply and is not relative. And here's a video, a daily reminder that you can look at every day and see what could happen to you if you step out of line with the police and shit. I'm over it. That's a valid point, Leak, that these videos don't get taken down and it is by design. If Even if you look at other apps and like related but non-related issues, you look at like TikTok where the algorithm is set up to like boost white people and Chinese people and Asians in general and then you have like black creators and people that can be kept down by algorithm, by code. But that the black creators are the reason why TikTok taking off like it is. Yeah, we the we the reason why everything be taking off like it is. That's bro. a fact. I say it all the time. G. We invented culture. 
We inv- we invented everything, bro. Chicago this, this country is building up. Yeah. Chicago specifically. And even you niggas out west, I give y'all a lot of shit for out west, bro. But y'all niggas drive the culture. Y'all culture movers. New York niggas too. Niggas, you know, black folk in general. I'll just say that. Black folk. People love black culture, but they don't love black people. Everybody hey, want to be a nigga, but don't nobody want to be a nigga, Joe. Mooney, Paul Mooney. That's <laughs> the greatest quote in history from Paul Mooney, J. That is the greatest absolute quote in history. But I want to, um, I want to comment on what Leek said too. I mean, if you think about how Twitter make money. They get money from clicks, right? So, like, mm. you're not finna get... The The world is ran by money. I don't care what nobody say. Like, the more money you have, the more your influence is. And that's why, like, Facebook, like Mark Zuckerberg, always in Congress trying to, you know what I'm saying, defend some shit because he got... He's, he influences the the culture so much. Like, those faith, the state of the world... Not only do he have bread, but like his platform, Facebook, drives a lot of economic, uh, like just economics, period. Not just in the United States, but in the world. So that being said, same demo with Twitter, like that generates a lot of people use that platform to generate income, to generate wealth, to generate money. And you can reach so many people. The more people you reach, the more clicks you get, the more bread you get. So, of course, they're going to take down the homophobic post, which they should. You know what I'm saying? They definitely should because people are not going to click on that. But this outrage that we feel, like, that is generating conversation. That is going to continue to get clicks. It's going to continue to generate funds. And they are literally profiting off of the death of innocent black people. Even if they were doing illegal shit, Arrest them. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They are literally fucking profiting off of videos of us being killed. And that shit is sick. That shit is sick as fuck. Sick, bro. Because it, it drives, like you said, it just drives all the traffic, man. Um, Which, once again, they're building an entire system off our backs, off our pain, off our anguish, off us and who we are. Facts. Um, y'all got I mean, any the last... shit is, the shit is oh. my last thought on that is the shit is honestly like a drug to some people. Like, a, put a black body on a spoon, fan some flames up under it, and shit, watch everybody get high. Yup. It's all like you said, leak is by design. Shit is definitely by design. Um, so I kind of want to transition into. Uh, since we're talking about like the videos and the eyes on black culture as a whole, uh, what is happening within your cities? Like, how are people responding to everything? Uh, I can start with Pittsburgh. <clears throat> like right now, uh, they had protests uh, downtown, and they had protests um, in East Liberty where the target set. But East Liberty was also, well, it used to be like the hood kinda, and now it's like kind of getting gentrified a little bit but there's still a bunch of black folks that live there and there was like a couple like you know looting here and there uh and a little bit of civil unrest um i know some of my like friends in pittsburgh they went to those places thank goodness they're they're okay as far as i know um but it hasn't been in my opinion as crazy as other cities but they did institute Mm -hmm. a curfew and extended the curfew like so 
I think it's, I think it was still um it's still in place like today, which is Tuesday. They started on Saturday and like you know, I didn't find out about it until like afterwards. And like I remember I was talking to Cuzzo, and he's like, yeah, we're trying to find out if we have curfew or not right now, like because they just they just sent us a text like you know, 15 minutes after it was supposed to start, which is like it's kind of shitty in my opinion. But uh, you know, they're getting it out here a little bit. The text message thing for the for the the curfew as a whole has been a fucked ass system, bro. And I and that's that's by design too. That's yep. part of the system too. So we get text messages for curfew fifteen minutes after curfew should have been in effect. Uh, they sent out the text messages in English, and then you see a Spanish one that comes out. But like the Spanish one has a different time for the curfews than what the English one has for the curfews. When I was in Santa Monica, the text I got for the LA County curfew was different. Than the text I got when I was back in the hood, uh, in in Baldwin Village, aka the jungles, um, those those were two different type of texts I got for the curfew, and the whole system is confusing. And so at first glance, you kind of want to say like, man, they need to get the information together. They're not on one page, but then this happened consistently for two or three days in a row. So at this point, yo, this shit is by design. Like you're you guys are purposely sending out misinformation to confuse the masses. And then when they're catching people outside beyond curfew, you got police officers that are not just out here like arresting people, but they're they're acting with extreme force with rubber bullets, tear gas, everything like taking out people that's just out beyond curfew. Um, my my ship, his nephew and niece, were the two. Uh, well, I guess that she not technically his niece because I don't think they married, but his nephew, um, and the girl were that's the that's the couple in Atlanta that was you see them dragged out their car and tased. Wow. Oh. Snap. For I ain't seen that out, video, but that's for, ridiculous. For being out beyond curfew and shit. And so, like, these text messages, they all over the place, especially out here in L.A. And then you get them for, like, L.A. County or you get them for a specific city. So, like, if you pass through this one city, it's got curfew, but the next city doesn't. But if you happen to pass through this one because your GPS brought you to this one, you fucked. Shit like that. It's a mess. It's all over the place. But it's got to be by design because there's no way that, that you guys is our you know, appointed officials and leaders would would do this three days in a row where you have this much misinformation and you're making it this hard for, for people to abide by the law, even if they wanted to. That's facts. Uh, yeah, in Chicago, it's, it's um, I haven't gotten any of those text messages for any of the suburbs, but, you know, in the, in the city, they are, they come through CTA got shut down. It was like they canceling all service in and out uh, a downtown. But then they also, yeah, but then they also shut down service like period, (laughs) which was insane. G like it's 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 a few things growing up in the city of Chicago that you never witness in your lifetime, but maybe once or twice. One snow days. It's snow days in school. (laughs) That's facts. You and never two, ever get a snow day, bro. Never, never gonna get a snow day. No matter how fucking cold it is or how much snow it is, you never get a snow day. We did get one in 2011. That shit was wild. But then two is the CTA being shut down completely. You don't see that shit, bro. You never see that. And that shit is terrifying because you have so many people in the city of Chicago that would essentially be stuck in these like areas where they can't get home because CTA is shut down so now you have to walk 
you got to call a lift. Mind you, a lot of people probably don't have bank accounts. I know that's why currency exchanges are so popular. Because they got to cash their check, they ain't got no bank account. So exchange everywhere in the city, bro. Everywhere. So you can't call a Lyft or Uber unless you have a bank account set up, right? So now you got people stranded. And I, I keep thinking about this, especially like coming out of planning, urban planning. Like I always think about the way cities are, are set up in a way that is so easy if public transportation goes down that people can be abandoned. So now, like GB was saying, you got people out after curfew. What's happening to those people? They're automatically being looked at as uh, targets, right? By law enforcement, where it's like, hey, fam, I was just trying to get home, but the red line stopped working. Now I'm stuck and I can't walk from Roosevelt to 79th G. Like, that's a long ass walk. So it's like, what are what is happening to those people? Are they being, how are they getting home? Are they, being granted safe passage to their homes and i'm i'm constantly thinking about that and i'm also as a black male having to recognize my privilege because yes i'm black yes i'm a male and yes we are unjustly targeted by law enforcement or just by this country in general but my sister live on the north side as soon as i walk into like you get up north white people riding their bikes barbecuing and shit carefree carefree as fuck but where i just came from on 87 83rd and walcott you know what i'm saying the walmart was getting broken into the chase bank windows was broken i saw uh i was on 76 and niggas was shooting so it's like damn g i'm privileged enough to know that i can escape somewhere where literally nothing else is happening all the targets are still open all the grocery stores are still open ain't no businesses boarded up but then they outside uh, like all, didn't shit happen. Outside like didn't shit happen. But on the same, but on the flip, where I just came from, and the places where I call home, and the places where I will be moving into, are getting are fucked up. It's fucked up. So I'm I'm like real, kind of torn with that man. It, it kind of, it's a it's a shitty shitty thing to really think about. Fucked up for me, and in relation to that. Um, as y'all know, I work in Santa Monica right now. My office is in Santa Monica, and uh, I do uh, sunny I do Santa property. Monica, sunny Santa Monica. You seen the video? I did. I do, pro- <laughs> I do property management. Um, I was already struggling with the way people talk to me, or the way they look at me, and how they make demands of me. I was already struggling with that. Like I already had my apprehensions against the community. Watching these riots and, like, this wave of protesting and everything that came over them was kind of both strange, funny, and, like, terrifying to watch. That they could be this oblivious to the world. So, when the protest, the protest we had the other day, um, that one kicked off. It was peaceful. Like, I could hear the people from my office. And it was peaceful. And then... Um, his normal like these white folks was out here as if nothing was going on like they still walking their dogs face buried in their cell phones sipping their Starbucks um, just standing outside in the sun basking got their kids walking around whatever and then I instantly feel a shift in the energy and I'm noticing that cars are speeding up and down the street you hear all the police sirens come in 
And so me as a kid from Chicago, I know if I'm hearing more than three or four police sirens, there's some shit that's happening. Mm-hmm. This ain't like somebody getting pulled over, bro. Like, there's some shit that's happening. And then I'm seeing police cars, like, shoot down the street in different directions. I'm seeing them bust the U-turn and, like, follow the other police cars. So, like, they trying to figure it out. And they scrambling and, like, pin down the location. And so I can see how the community is not responding to any of this. Like, this is outside of their normal day-to-day. They don't even realize it's a problem until bodies and people start flying down our streets. And now they're, like, kicking in windows and breaking in the windows to businesses and destroying property on their way down the street. Um, Early on the pod, I used the word violence when I talked about the riots. I use that because I don't think that all the rioting and the looting that occurs is out of violence or maliciousness. I am not a person who can tell you how to grieve if, and I'm also a person who's experienced violence when I'm grieving some shit. I've punched holes in walls. I've broke shit. Like I get it. I feel it. Um, that is not the type of like grieving and anger I'm doing right now at this point in my life, but I definitely get it. So I'm not going to stop you if you want to break some things, but I also have recognized there's a class of people that really could give a fuck less about Black Lives Matter or George Floyd or anything else. And I got Mm -hmm. to see that firsthand in Santa Monica. That shit was straight violence and it was organized. And I I ain't seen no shit like that since the shot. I'm talking like they came into Santa Monica. They broke into many of the luxury cars out there. So you see BMWs, Mercedes, the expensive Cadillacs, Ferraris, the, the Lexus. You see a Maserati. These guys have stolen all these expensive cars. All of them got one window busted out. Um, Four people to a car. They're moving in patterns as they go up and down the streets. When they hit a store, they pull up to the store. The passenger jumps out and instantly gets on the hood. He acts as like the watchman. He's got like some rocks and some other projectiles that he's going to throw at people if they get too close. The driver never gets out the car. The two people get out the back seat. They bust in one window of the department store or whatever store they hidden. There's about a 20 to 30 second lag, and then another window blows out of the store. When the other window blows out of the store, those same two people come out with all merchandise and product. Instantly, at the same time, that person's hopping off, the passenger is hopping off the hood of the car. He's running to the trunk. The driver pops the trunk, and the three people at the trunk load everything into the car in record time. They all back in the car, and they're out of there. And you just see car after car that's doing the same move. That's an organized hit to me. Yeah, and they're doing it. They're doing it at the same time that the protest is happening. So while we're having the protest, and part of that protest is peaceful, and you may also have some people just breaking some things over here that's to the left, you've got all the police attention and everything that's happening that's at the protest, and then you got these people over here just going crazy, coming up. And it's not like they looting groceries for their family. It's not like they looting uh, like essential supplies and stuff, because... I also will give, I also will acknowledge that, that we coming off fucking COVID where disproportionately black people have been laid off from non-essential jobs at the highest rate. We make up the highest rate of essential jobs. We are not getting hazard pay. We haven't seen, we have the least amount of wealth in the people that like hold positions right now. We haven't seen any type of like real stimulus. We got the $1,200 from Donnie, but like out here in LA, that shit was gone. As soon as the check hit my account, that's not even oh. my rent. That's not even my rent. Like, you still got to come up with rent, bro. That 1200 did nothing. So we've seen that. So these people have been going through COVID for the past three months. 
they haven't known what's gonna happen to them. Like you don't have no food, you don't know how you're gonna pay bills. Nothing stopped out here. Like utilities were still old, rent was still old, everything was still going on. The city was still handing out tickets uh, for parking, even though there's no parking in LA. You can't find viable places to park. Um, it de- the city depends on constant traffic happening. It depends on people leaving to go to their night shift at work, and that's how spots open up on your block. If that doesn't happen, the block is just full the whole day, and you have cars that are double parked all up and down the street. Meanwhile, you still got essential workers that got to go to work, and now they're getting tickets every day. They're going to work to make money to pay tickets that you're still ticketing because they don't have anywhere to park when they come home from working their essential jobs. It's a, it's a bullshit, fuck-ass system. So I get that now it's like, shit, I need food. We finna knock this target down. Let's do it, and I'm gonna take some food with me. I like I don't, I don't think that that's necessarily bad, and I'm not condemning anyone if that is what they doing. But I just gotta say for like the organized shit I've been seeing, that shit out of pocket, and I and I wish that the media was not trying to connect that and say that that's a part of the protesting and the rioting, like looting that's within like a normal range. These guys are hitting these expensive jewelry stores and everything else, and just coming up yeah, they that's can I, the other side. can I um offer a different perspective always bro so I want to say first that I absolutely agree that you have people who are looted and rioting um for the cause but then you also have those who are opportunists a majority of those people are opportunists I will acknowledge that however opportunity opportunity or not if you think about historically what rioting and looting even even in our own communities and i'll i'll get touch on that a little bit later but even in our own communities if we look at historically the reasons one why rioting looting looting happen to the impacts of rioting and looting and then kind of three what the long-term so like the immediate impacts and then long-term impacts right so yeah motherfuckers coming up on tvs and shit like that that's that's cool it's fucked up why are you just taking tvs and shit like you're really you're you're really proving to the white folks who are looking for a reason to discredit the movement to give them a reason right because that's where the narrative is going to shift it's going to shift away from we need justice for black people to well black people just want to steal and loot it and riot that's why i say it's important for how we frame the narrative because we're we're we essentially end up doing exactly what they want us to do which is to discredit and condemn our own people even if they are opportunities i'm the type of person who is like I'm going to talk to y'all and be like, these niggas tweaking, G. But I'm never going to talk to a white person and be like, these niggas was tweaking. I'm like, no. Most deaf, I'm not. Fuck a, fuck a, fuck a Best Buy. <laughs> fuck a Target. They got insurance. They got insurance, bro. Most deaf, I'm never going to say that a white person. They have contingencies. Even the, even the, the businesses, and this is going to sound fucked up when I say it, but I honestly truly say this, even the businesses in our own communities, they aren't owned by us. So fuck them. Honest to God. Uh, that nail salon, we don't own that shit. That that corner store, we don't own that shit. You see what I'm saying? That that food and liquor store, 
We don't own that shit. You walk into any store in the hood and it's not ran or owned or operated by motherfuckers that look like us. So it's like when they say you're tearing up your own community, it's like, yeah, we live here, but is it our community? Because that money that we give into, you know what I'm saying, ABC's wireless and fucking whatever corner store and even though I love shark chicken, all the sharks, that Damn. they taking that bread, they taking that bread and they taking it out of our community. We're not investing back into our own community just because we spend money at these stores because it's not owned and operated by black people that live in that community. You see what I'm saying? Now, if you go into High Park and, we, and you fucking up uh, businesses and shit like that in High Park, like it's hella black owned businesses in High Park. Don't do that stupid shit. Don't fuck up High Park produce or like don't fuck up the Silver Room. You know what I'm saying? What now? Now you're destroying income that's being that's being funneled back into our communities. And while I feel bad because those same families that run that that sharks or that that food and liquor store or what have you, they trying to feed their families. And yeah, I do feel bad for you. But y'all literally come to our neighborhoods, treat us like shit, and then take the money out. So fuck you. I don't give a fuck about your store being burned down. I hope you had insurance. You can collect your check now. Get the fuck out. That's that's honestly how I feel. So I stand with the rioters. I stand with the looters. I stand with the peaceful protesters. I personally am not a rioter or a looter because I don't want to get locked up. And that's the <laughs> other thing is that if you riot and you loot, you should expect to be locked up. So don't be out here rioting and looting. And then play victim when you went, when you get arrested. You knew exactly what you was doing when you stole that TV out of Target. Fuck Target, but you stole that TV. That's illegal at the end of the day. Come on now. So like, you have to be conscious about what you're doing, but you have to also make sure that the narrative that we as Black people are pushing is the narrative that we want to push. Like we know this is for the movement. Even if it's just a motherfucker that wanted TV, he did that shit for George Floyd. So you see what I'm me, saying, and it's like it's fucked up, but that's how white people do. They let they, me, they let me ask you continue something. on with that uh narrative. Go ahead, GB. Not fuck. Um, and I don't want to be misconstrued. I also do not give a fuck about these businesses. I don't care. I do believe that they have insurance, and and if you don't, then shit, you should have had insurance. But um, and I also do stand with whatever, however you choose to grieve. Do that shit. Like, I'm with it. I stand with it. The thing I am worried about, and what I was trying to make the point of earlier, and maybe I didn't get that across right, is I don't know if the two forms of the movement can exist at the same time. Also, I don't know. So if the goal is for us to have some type of reform of the system that we're in, I definitely don't think that those two systems can exist at the same time where we have, like, looting and rioting and we have like protesting is happening because the way that the system is set up as we spoke about earlier where it's intentional and by design the attention is going to instantly be on the looting and rioting and the people that need to be reached or need to like we need to have exposure with are not going to see what they need to see this is where the media is trying to shift it and i don't know what it's like in chicago but already out here in la that's what they're doing you already have people out here in la and even with the looting and rioting, it's fucked up because they see white people on the camera for the looting and rioting, and they're like, and they oh, still she, say it's she, black people. Dude. She must be an employee 
that's trying to like save the merchandise. Like the bitch that literally says this shit on the news, bro. So trash. And you see, they got like video on video, like black people busting out windows. Like they got the organized shit that's happening. And so I don't know that the two movements can exist side by side. I wouldn't mind if we if we chose to do protesting first, and it was like fuck it, this shit ain't working. All right. Let's fuck some shit up. And we all move into the other movement as a whole because that's what it's escalated to. But for them to try to happen side to side, side by side, I think one is going to suffer if we're looking for reform in the system that we have. Now, Bruh, if the goal... If the, that was the whole 1960s, though. It, exactly. And now it's 2020 and we still here. Right. And we still so, here. So I like, feel like if the goal is to say fuck the system and we're going to tear all that shit down, then we probably got to think a little different about what we gonna do different or a little different about like how we gonna do this in a way to like I don't know separate ourselves from the system or like break that shit down and say it's not gonna fuck with us no more but I don't really see a difference in what we've traditionally done in the past as we try to reform this system and what we're doing right now and that shit is like it's scary to me as a person cause I don't wanna wake up 20 years from now and be having this same conversation on another pod you feel me and so when but, I see what they doing, um, when I see what the media is doing to this shit out here in LA, that shit got me really like worried of that shit because I'm like, they not even, we not even looking at, the only protest they showed on the news yesterday as I was watching, I watched for two hours, G. The only protest I saw was in Santa Ana. Not a black fucking face in that crowd. Yep. All the white, white people, people, the white people going hard, G. The white people going harder than us, but they only going harder than us because of because of white guilt. We they not because when I'm out when I'm out on foot, they not out there going hard. I, I've seen them on the news going hard, like I see right. the media taste going hard. But also, I'm gonna be absolutely real with you. I live in Santa Monica. That video I shared today on Twitter where the lady has someone taking her picture with the drill and shit and then she get back Bro. in the car. That yeah. shit is the fucking that shit is the fucking norm from Santa Monica. So we see them on the news and we see them on social media like they going so hard for black people. When I when I'm out there on foot and I'm walking around, I don't see them like that. I see black right. people and I and I sometimes see people of color as with the black folk, but I see majority black people. But then if I'm looking at the news or I'm seeing what's tweeted on social media, majority of what I'm seeing outside of like BLM and Black Lives Matter hashtags is like white people are doing the protest and we hear what you allied, but that's not what I'm seeing in person. And that shit is alarming to me because I feel like I I feel like by design the system is trying to the system gonna system. And it's trying to do what it's gonna do and like drown it's gonna drown out the fucking voices. And that's why that's why I say it's important for us to control the narrative, G. Cause what what we gonna see is well the bro, <laughs> I'm sorry if I'm talking too much. All the all the all the people in Chicago. I feel like we both protest, talking too much. We going back and forth. <laughs> I know, G, because it's so crazy. Because like you make Lee, it super, get in this bitch, valid. Lee. You make it super 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 valid points. It was wild. We was watching. Uh, I don't want to interrupt y'all. Keep going. Right. We was watching watching the news yesterday. And the way that they talked about the protest that was happening on the north side of Chicago versus everything that was happening out south on Sunday uh, was just completely and totally different. And it was pissing me off because they was like, see, this is a peaceful protest. They aren't, you know, air marching. They'll stop and rally for a little bit and peaceful this, peaceful this, peaceful this, peaceful that. But then what they what they fail to say on motherfucking uh, Sunday when the shit really popped off, 
the white folks was downtown. They was the main ones in the stores. They was the exactly, main ones in the bro. Gucci store and shit like exactly, that. Gee, I'm bro. like, I'm like, gee, how y'all gonna sit up here and glorify? You know what I'm saying? The white folks, the ones that pop this shit off. Like, yeah, niggas in the Walmart and the Target, but the white folks did this shit first. They the ones that broke that window down. Gee, so like, why why are we allowing? And I, I get we can't really. <laughs> I don't know, man. We I hate that we allow the media to to really uh, to push control, that narrative of push us. that narrative yeah, on us, man. Because that shit. But it's trash like, what can we toxic. do? G, they so big and they so powerful, and it's been that way. It's been that way. We, I think we got to make a decision on how we gonna fight it. Is is the overall on what I'm the overall point I'm trying to make? Because um, I'm getting clearer. Like it's easier to to be clear on my point the more I talk about it with y'all. Because yeah. all these thoughts have been in my head this whole week and I ain't really had no one to talk about it with like I talk about it with the secretary here and there but like um we've been trying to like not stay on topic with this shit because both of us been walking around depressed but we we need to be clear on how we gonna fight it yeah we need to understand the weapons that's being formed against us this media is a beast man like I see the buildings that I watch white people bust the windows out and and spray paint the BLM and and Black Lives Matter on, I seen that shit with my own eyes, and then to see right. that shit on the news, to see that shit on the news and have the news go like, you can see that these people are, um, like you got the, the the police chief for Santa Monica on the news, like, you can see these people are spray painting the buildings, and they're showing the same buildings that I watched the white people spray paint. Right, like, As they're showing that shit, they're only showing black people as if it was black people to do all that, and I'm like, this shit is false, like, y'all don't have information, y'all spreading like a fucked up narrative. And then it's in the camera like, I hope they know that everything they're doing is illegal and they will pro- be prosecuted to the full extent of the law. And for me, all I can think in my mind is like, the system fucked up because one, y'all painting this whole narrative. And for two, keep that same fucking energy when y'all with yourselves. Y'all out here killing black people and y'all don't prosecute yourselves with the full extent of the law. But like, you want to prosecute us for, for crimes we aren't even doing once again. And... You want to drop the book on us. You want to put the hammer on us. And that shit just don't add up to me. I'm tired of it. So I'm a little frustrated because I just... It's like I ain't got all the answers, but we. I feel like we got to find the answers because we ready for change. I'm, I'm sick of us doing the same things. I don't want it to be, you know, 2090 and my grandkids is going through the same shit I'm fucking going through now. And it's like, damn, granddad, you was a part of the... Uh, uh, the, the black civil uprising of 2022 and shit. What was that like? Like, tell me the story. We going through it now. Like, I don't want to deal. Like, I don't want that shit, bro. I don't. Yeah, we doing that shit now, but I'll get my little history lesson later. Uh, yeah, man. This shit crazy. Go ahead, Leak Warren. What y'all got to say? Yeah, what y'all got to say, man? Y'all niggas ain't talking. Uh, so, here in the DFW, um, the DF my, dub, bro. <laughs> my older brother actually was out in Dallas protesting maybe three days ago. And um, he was telling me that, like, while he was out there in the afternoon, he's like, bro, everything was chill. Everything was peaceful. The cops weren't doing shit to us. They was letting us protest peacefully. And then he was like, well, everything changed when a bunch of young ass people was out there trying to act up. He was like, um, and that's what the cops were getting mad about. Um, he said that it was a bunch of young people who was angry and bored that was trying to destroy stuff. He was like, the cops didn't provoke them or anything. 
and my thing, and instantly in my head, I was like, this is a bunch of young kids born in the 2000s, and all they've seen is niggas getting killed on fucking TV and social media. These like these are little babies that have grown up in the social media era, in that yep. social media era. Niggas born in the late 90s, 97, 98. My, my younger brother was born in 98. He's 22. So by the time he was conscious enough to understand shit is in the 2000 teens. All he's seen is this person got choked out, this person got shot, they ran up in this person's crib, killed them. And it's like, how do you expect these young kids who are still growing into adults that don't know how to process these unchecked emotions to deal with shit? Like, I'm not going to excuse them because they, they don't know. Because, I mean, you shouldn't go out with the intention to destroy. I get it. And I'm not going to say you're wrong, but they don't know any other way. They're not, they haven't gone through as much bullshit as we've gone to where we can try to sit down as adults. All right, this is going to be our plan of attack. Their plan is to attack and to destroy. So conversely, someone else I know went to that, went that very same evening out there. And she went, in the, like, she went when it was getting dark and she was like, all hell started breaking loose. She was like, um... They were peacefully protesting, but by that time, the cops is trying to get people to leave and get them off the streets and detaining people. Like, she ended up getting, like, detained, and, like, she was, like, the cop, like, took her sign, like, threw that shit and was trying to, like, y'all, people are trying to, people are trying to live their lives out here, da 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 and it's like, motherfucker, we trying to live our lives out here, too, so the fuck that mean? And she said, meanwhile, while she was, like, sitting down, like, Police were stopping them. She said, an older white person across the street cheering, like, yeah, get them, da 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 da. Yeah, I hope y'all go to jail, da 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 da, all type of shit. And she was like, one thing that made her uncomfortable when she went out there was like, it was a group of like white people that's like, hey, we're with y'all, da 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 da, Black Lives Matter, da da da. She was like, she instantly, and her mom was like, I don't know them, and how do I know these not motherfuckers out here trying to start shit? And they start fucking shit up and then leave, and we get blamed for it. And that's a lot of times, like, just what I was saying, like, that's what a lot of things are happening. Like, you're, we're seeing video on social media of hooded, masked white people going around and, and, and inciting violence, inciting destruction, and then scurrying off into alleyways, dipping off, and getting people riled up, getting people to start destroying things. And we get the blame for it. And now all of a sudden the perception is we're destroying all these things. We're destroying our communities. And a lot of times you're also seeing videos of people not black that are trying to provoke the cops. Not, and not even trying to like provoke and leave, but like they're upset. They're trying to throw stuff at the cops, but you're not being, you're not the ones that's going to get hit. You're not the ones that's going to get tackled. It's us. We're the face of what's happening right now. And we get all the credit and all the blame. Mm-hmm. You can go home. You can go home after this. If they get me, I'm going to jail. And I don't think a lot of people are understanding that. And like just me, like in the position that I'm in, I want to go some. I want to go protest. But at the same time, I got a baby on the way. I'm I already have a daughter, and it's like, Speak what, on happen- it. what happens if I go out there and something happens to me? Then what? So you put in an impossible situation. Like, if I if I don't support my people, I I feel like I'm doing them a disservice. But mm-hmm. if I do go out there and something happens to me, I've done my family a disservice. Because what happens if I'm not here? I'm not going to. I refuse to leave my kids 
behind even though I died for something that was worth it. They'll understand 20 years from now, but they're not going to be able to understand now why dad's not here. So it's like the fact that I'm being put in this position as a young man is infuriating. And it's like, what the fuck do you do? We was quiet. We protested. We, sh- we, we, we sat down. You didn't fuck with it. We need to do this somewhere else. This is not the time or the place. We got to the point where we, not, we don't give a fuck what you want. You're going to hear us whether you want to or not. And now, oh, well, you're destroying. This is not the way to do it. You should have been more, um, you should have been nonviolent. You should have done another way. There's never a right way to protest. There ain't no book on this shit. Every single protest that's ever happened in this country has been, had, been met with pushback, period. Whether it be Martin and Malcolm, both them niggas got killed. So I don't want to hear nothing from anybody trying to tell black people how to act. It, I mean, like you, the, you don't, you don't get to. That's the point of a protest. Is they, they like that's what political uh, uprising is. You look at the even like, if you look at Civil War and Boston Tea Party and all that shit. Like, man, please, can we them, talk about how white them, people <laughs> respond like, with violence, but we can't? Bro, white oh people burn. God. White people burn cities like they burn. They burn Tulsa, Oklahoma, to the ground. Like, bro, for no, and then for no even if you look other than black folks had an economic. Like in like a we had a, economic independence, we yes. had freedom from their systems. We didn't need them, and they ain't like that shit. Yeah, but even even for simple reason. shit like they favor hockey team, fucking won or lost the, the Stanley Cup, and boom, like small town destroyed, bro. gone. So bro, Clark Street after the Cubs won the World Series was a fucking I would not want to be there. I would not it was a shit show. It was a shit show, bro. It was crazy out there. I was there. And it was fucking wild out there. Like they was climbing but, poles, they was fucking light poles and shit up. And so, and to all the point, like to Leek's point about like we're taking the credit and the blame for what they do, and then also to like what I was saying earlier, like how the the vision will be shifted, and you know we gonna be looked at as we did all this, but we didn't, and I don't like how that narrative is going. Uh, it's just it's wild that white people have a history of violence in every major moment of their race of inciting violence not just being a part of a violent act but being the instigator of violence and at no point does anyone say to themselves like uh they're thugs or like we're gonna take care of all of them let's lock them up let's do martial law like it's okay they were expressing their american right (laughs) and it goes back to the fact that like, if or, you can look at them and say that's a part of their American right, why can't you look at us and be like, this is a part of our American right? Because we were never seriously? meant to be citizens in the first place. I don't know if we got no time in this episode to unpack all that shit, bro. This finna turn into a two-hour episode. We already at the hour mark. Yeah, no, I wasn't going to get into it. I was just, you know. Kind of. Yeah, we, we there at the hour mark. Um, So, it's it's a lot to, uh, it's a, it's a lot to unpack. Um. Did anybody else have last points there? Because I want to move on to talking about like celebrities, and I kind of got into it being in, in Santa Monica when I'm seeing like all these influencers that are staging pictures and they got the cameraman out there, like, and they doing fake. Okay, I'm gonna hold the hammer, and then I'm gonna stand in front of this building with the broken glass everywhere and have BLM spray painted in front of me, and this is gonna be a dope picture. Like I'm seeing all that, bro. And uh, I kind of want to get into that if y'all okay with that. Yeah, yeah absolutely. One, 
One one very, very, very last thing. I'm glad you brought up the Boston Tea Party and the Tulsa Massacre in nineteen twenty-one. Uh but we could talk about all the lynchings and mob mob action that black folks just minding their black ass business ended up getting lynched and Matil was killed for whistling quote unquote at a white woman who later came out and said that he actually didn't listen to her so white folks just felt like lynching a young black kid bro white people are the most violent people on earth I mean the let's absolute get into the, the when I was working with TSA and all the case studies I do for TSA white people have had the most acts of terrorism against United States than anyone outside of the United States. Most of our terrorist acts come internally. The Unabomber was a guy who was upset with the government and the way he was mistreated. The All these shootings are like white kids that are... And, and fuck, we can understand a fucking white kid that get bullied at school for four fucking years, losing his shit, and often you, 30 kids at the school, but we can't understand 400 years of oppression and people just being over that shit. People being Legal. violent from that. It don't make no sense of legal oppression. Legal it don't make oppression. no sense, but we got we can go like oh, oh little Timmy was bullied. They said his head was big and he couldn't read well. It's understandable yeah. that he would have mental problems now and want to shoot up the whole school. Like we're born into PCSD and trauma. We're born when you see cops exactly. coming down the street, you get scared. Like let me get back on my stoop. But even on my stoop, I'm not safe. Like right, you got to go in the crib. Shit, Brianna, Brianna was in the, the crib, crib no more, bro. My, fir- my first sleep and they shut the crib up, bro. My first fucking death I ever saw was watching a kid get shot by Chicago police on his fucking porch because they pulled up on the front yard of his house and he got scared and ran inside the house and they shot a little ass kid yep. and said they didn't know where he was going. They feared for his life. And I watched that shit get swept under the rug. As a yep. kid, like, what does that do to you as a kid when you seeing, like, the police could kill you at any moment? They can ride into your neighborhood while you riding your bike. While you rollerblading down the street, while you doing normal kid shit, outside eating ice cream, because I hear this ice cream truck in the background, they can pull up and off you. <laughs> and there ain't no repercussions for that shit. Exactly. Exactly. But then, so, so white people are the most violent people on earth. I stand on that a thousand percent. They control everything, which is why most of the world don't see them as violent right because they have control about what gets put out there now on the other hand every time black folks got violent in mass was in reaction to what injustices exactly was reactions to police injustices let's talk about watts let's talk about when rodney king got beat let's talk about when they killed fred hampton let's talk about when they killed uh MLK and Malcolm X. Let's talk about how the Black Panthers was mistreated for bear- practicing their Second Amendment right and yeah, going to the step. Fucked up, bro. They got fucked over, bro. And they like let's talk about Cointel Pro. Let's talk about just in March how white people was outraged that they could they go outside get and get haircuts. So they stormed political buildings strapped to the T with ARs. And they did not get meet. Uh, they did not get met with the same precautions. I'm putting those these, in air quotes too. These that motherfuckers black looking like Call of Duty loadouts on the Thank steps you, of Capitol Hill, like they just literally was up there ready for war, ready for ready for the action. And the police didn't have helmets on. They didn't have tear gas and, and, and rubber bullets. None of that shit. 
Because you see that video of uh, Buddy in Chicago, White Buddy in Chicago with the uh, the AK open carry that he was pointing at the crowd and shit, and people like, how the fuck is you out here? And then the cops just like talked to him and told him to go home. Gee, but we can't get that same respect. And 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 that bro, we can't even my... you can't even open carry like that in Chicago. You can't open nah. carry at all in Chicago. No. Nah, okay. <laughs> so. So for him to be out and having a whole conversation with the cops while you got this AK strapped to your chest and multiple pistols and I don't know what type of grenades they are. I'm just going to assume they was like probably smoke and flashbangs and hopefully it wasn't explosive. Yeah. But like you strapped with all this artillery, bro, and the cops didn't take you in like you allowed to walk away calmly. Well, not even yeah, calmly, because he walked away, like, looking at all the... Like, still talking his shit as he walked away, and, like, the cops didn't do shit. It's videos like that that fuck my head up. Absolutely. Because if it had but, been a black man, he he on the ground. Right. And the, But the, these, you know what I'm saying, it's, it's, it, it makes me so angry, but it's all semantics, because at the end of the day, we have to... We are forced. We don't have to, but we are forced to operate within their system. So until we figure out how to make it where white people get something out of the deal as well. And I think that's the most fucked up thing about all of this is like, I, I can't in the foreseeable future see anything changing until we figure out a way to to meet motherfuckers in the middle. But that'll never happen. It'll never happen. Cause it'll just, I don't know, man. I this mean, shit the trash. Way, they say the way a relationship starts is the way that relationship continues. So it's always been... From the very start of our relationship, one-sided uh, racial relationship has always been one-sided. It's That's been fun. a view of violence and dominance that we brought you in, and it's been us just trying to say, "This some bullshit." Meet us here, and yo, that shit's problematic. And now, you know, before we get into this next, because I really want to like transition to the next topic, to have a fucking president who is the embodiment of the things oh, that we're speaking dude. about. This motherfucker is declaring martial law. Like, his idea... And this is the shit I struggle with at work. Like, these people's idea of power and leadership is dominance. Is is violence and submission. That's how they see leadership. I am this. You are that. You should do whatever I say. You should have no questions. And if you do have questions, then I should respond with force. And that is not... That is not leadership. That is not power. That is just forcible control. I guess it is power in that sense, but that is not the type of power that you want to have because, like, that's not humane. That's not humanity. It doesn't work. So, to have this motherfucker in a bunker uh, tweeting from the safety of his of his 10-inch thick privilege and declaring martial law and talking about how the governors need to respond with force and... Uh, to to be shooting and then to watch these Humvees and SATCOM vehicles and everything rolling into the LA area they just turned the convention center into a fucking military outpost in less than two days whereas when COVID hit it was three months I think before we had a legit testing facility out here and even yep. that was like understaffed and underfunded and everything but like they were out here writing tickets for not having a mask they were out here writing tickets for like being outside um, but there was no curfew. You didn't have a curfew. Yep. Crazy. Um, moving on to the to the celebrities, I want to get your input on. Uh, I know I talked about it on Twitter. You know, I was looking at other 
creators and people that I wanted the pod to collaborate with at one point and seeing like they trash takes on this whole issue and letting me know like that's not something about someone I want to associate with or somebody some entity I want to associate with uh how are you guys feeling about celebrities and like how they're using their voices um if we are celebrity and I'm not saying by any means we like a list but we got you know we got people to listen to the pod uh, what is our responsibility as, you know, being a voice in the community that people tune into to listen to? Uh, is there, like, a qualification for that? Is there not a qualification? Are you required to speak out to, like, have your fan support? Or if that's not within you, do you just not speak out and, and that shouldn't change how your fans view you? Like, how do y'all feel about that whole situation? Uh, let me get you, Cuzzo, because I ain't heard you in a minute. Or actually... Let me get leaked and then cuz off. Alright. So I got some very strong opinions on this shit. Um for the celebrities, especially the black celebrities, that have made a career off of the support of black people. If you're if you don't have anything to say to support or you're not educated enough, then you don't have to come out and say something as ridiculous as oh like don't come out here making excuses for fucking people is what i'm trying to say if you're not educated enough and you don't know enough then you can literally come out and say what happened was wrong i don't agree with it however i'm not educated enough to speak on this deeper so until i have enough information on what's going on i'd rather not say anything but this was wrong period and just leave it at that that's not going to appease everyone but at least you're not out here shucking and jiving. There's been so many black celebrities that have come out here and tried to place blame on either the protesters or us as a culture, us as a people. Oh, well, we need to, oh, well, maybe he, we need to talk to the police more respectfully and da 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 da. Like, bruh, shut the fuck up. I don't wanna hear that shit. I don't want to hear what we should have done better when we are not the fucking problem. We didn't start none of this shit. We're not the cause of none of this shit. So don't come out here trying to tell us we need to do better when we're not the ones that fuck shit up. And for the celebrities that have been, pro- that have, for the non-black celebrities that have been profiting off of black culture, exploiting black culture, for those of y'all that are quiet, all you are are revealing who you really are. You don't give a fuck about us. You give a fuck about what we can do for you. And so pay attention to all these people out here, either what they don't say or what they do say. And act accordingly. As a celebrity in general, do I feel like you have the responsibility? That's a tricky question. Because I feel like if you are someone of influence, you know how impactful your words can be. You have to be extremely responsible. But are you obligated? No, especially if it's not in your heart, then I don't think you should force it. However, if there is a if, there, if people look to you for guidance for whatever reason, whether it be fair or not, I think you have a responsibility not as a celebrity, but simply as a human being to speak out against shit that's not right. Period. And it's not you trying to use your plat necessarily trying to use your platform or whatever. It's just you speaking as a human being. Period. It's so many people straddling the fence. It's so many people not wanting to piss off sponsors, not wanting to anger white people, not wanting to make white people uncomfortable. 
are they being quiet or are they saying the most politically correct? Oh, well, I don't know. Like, if that's the case, then just don't speak. I'd rather you be quiet. Yo, Leek, I think we lost you, bro. Leek. Leek, oh. Uh, so I'm not tweaking, but. No, nah, you still tweaking, Warren. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> chill out, chill out. You big tweaking. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Leek, Leek was spitting, though, uh, you know, for the sake of not having dead silence. He was nah. spitting. He was spitting. No, nah, I kind of uh, echo his sentiments. Um, like, especially. If you're not black and you have like a black audience or a black, a big black fan base, then I think like then it should be like if you rely on them for like monetary gain and like, yeah, you should like have some type of statement. It doesn't have to be like uh, the most informed thing. Uh, like he was saying, like, if, like if you if you don't, if you don't like say, I think it's, if you said like, I think it's wrong. But like I'm not, I'm not informed enough to make a, a a better statement about that. All right, cool, I can roll with that. But like if you're black, like me, if I was a celebrity, I wouldn't know what to say, or I probably wouldn't say anything, cause like I would probably be more like uh how MJ was, where like he's like I'm a basketball player and that's what I do. I I wouldn't, I don't think I'd be like LeBron James, where he's from the jump, he's been in every single like um he's been outspoken about every single thing, and that just takes a that does take a big toll on your mental, and he's been able to weather that storm. I don't know if I could, if I'd be able to do that if I was in his position. Um, but like, even still, like, yeah, this shit wrong, and like, uh, you know, maybe I'm, I'm pulling, uh, picking and choosing. But like, I think like it is different for different, uh, for different races. Like, yeah, if it's like if you, if you black, like, you know, as long as you're not here tweaking, like saying like this shit is right, then I'll, you know, I think you do have the. Uh, cachet to, to like kind of stay silent so to speak as long as you're not like trying to not uh as long as you're not as long as you're not actively trying to put down what other folks are saying you know that there are you know trying to bring the positive out of you know the you know the right side if you will because history always is going to see the right side like uh, uh leader was speaking about earlier about uh you know mlk and uh malcolm x they were they were vilified back in the day and now we look at them through a rose-colored lens. It's like, no, nah, hold on. Y'all wasn't rocking with them back in the day. Y'all was condemning them. But now that, you know, history has, oh, yeah, they was right. We want to be on the right side of history. Uh, that's it's hard easy to, to speak on people that's already dead. Yeah. Yep. yeah. It's really just that simple. Absolutely. Like, like years from now, you know, all the white folks are going to be like, oh, yeah, Kaepernick was a visionary. And it's like, well, where was y'all at, you know, in 2016 when he was when he started doing this? He was on his Muhammad Ali stuff. And, like, now we see him as the greatest back then. No, nah, they wasn't fucking with him, bro. White folks hated Muhammad Ali, boy. Hated him, bro. He lived in every white folk head rent free. Can't nobody get his ass, though. They hey, didn't love him until he couldn't talk no more. I don't know. Mike <laughs> might have gave him some go. <laughs> Tice, tice, no, I'm t- I'm talking about white. I'm about, about the I know, white people. I, know. I, know. I was just I, I was just cracking I'm a joke. I'm fucking trying, trying to lighten it just a little bit. I was fucking witch. But um, no, that's a great point. Uh, great point, Warren. Like how we and, and Lee, how we see, you know, what I'm saying, post humor is everything is different. Oh, maybe they were right. Maybe we should be treating people with equity and respect. But then, like, let's keep it a buck fifty. 
how did how did MLK die? This is declassified information. They killed him. <laughs> yep. They they literally killed that man and then pay his family money like shut the fuck up about it. You know what I'm saying? So it's like they they knew what they was doing. They killed all our black leaders. So it's like I don't blame when it comes to celebrities speaking up. I don't necessarily blame celebrities who don't want to speak up or you know who kind of just say I want to stay out of it. Like, why are we demanding to hear from Beyonce? I honestly don't give a fuck what Beyonce. Uh, I should probably whatever. Be how they'll be. I don't give a fuck what Beyonce has. She got to say. I don't. I, I really. She's don't. not my. Like, she's not the authority on fucking morality and shit. Exactly. So it's like I don't care what any of these black celebrities have to say. And it's like as far as being like we always talk about, we need more black leaders. We need black leaders, Bruh, They literally either killed or made or silenced all of our black leaders. They killed, so silenced, like, or they corrupt I mean, them. Or it's it's like, not just or, them. It's or, also or, or us. Like, like system. <laughs> it's also us. I was discussing this with uh with the secretary and uh, someone else yesterday about the problem with like why it's so difficult for black leadership to exist in general. Like. We always talk about we want black leaders, and if the white people don't get to them, we eventually get to them because right. because of yeah. how diverse the black spectrum is. Yep. You you're never gonna find one leader that's gonna represent all of us. At best, we're gonna need like a, if you if we really want someone to be a leader to us, we're gonna need like a coalition of people that have come together to represent all the different parts of what the black diaspora is. Um, to represent us as a whole so like we get leaders that represent and like they they grow to become some position of power and unlike normal celebrities like you were saying uh Lido, you were saying like you know I'm, I'm not really looking for shit from beyonce but other people are so we um we one need people that want to be leaders they want to be in that position because not everybody want to be a leader like not everyone wants to be there because they don't want to get assassinated they don't want to have those problems they don't want their family to be in danger so we need people that exactly. people that want to be there in that seat, but we also we're gonna need like a collective of people that can represent us as a whole. Cause like you get leaders that's up there, you like uh, he a fuck boy, bro. He don't represent me. We got the Doctor Umar memes that are going around, and like we're tearing right. like we tear our leaders down and make jokes out of them because they don't represent all of us. And then once that happens, they lose the power that they have. Like they become a joke. Um, outside the community and then it's hard for them to become a leader for the community and take us to better places so like we got to do better about that too um, but it's going to be really difficult for us to have like just that one leader that comes along and can represent us and I would venture to say impossible which is the same thing that we experience as a nation where it doesn't matter how many times we do elections and shit for president you, I, you're not going to come across the president that's going to represent the values, the characteristics, the morals, the ethics, the needs, and the wants of the entire country. It's just not going to happen. It's why people feel pointless when they have to vote for president power because so many of us are not represented by the people that are running in the race. You look at them and you say, who's the worst of the evils? Absolutely. Not really who and I, I like. I'm glad you brought up uh, voting, too, because I'm tired of the we need to get to the ballot narrative because we, we saw in the last election how going to the ballot don't necessarily work. I'm a proponent of voting. I vote every time I think voting is important. However, we see that the system is set up where the 
the vote the the most votes for a candidate don't actually matter right hillary yep. won the popular vote trump won the electoral college that whole crushed system her and the electric crushed, crushed her in the electoral, electoral college, college. that whole same thing happened with gore and bush that whole system is fucked let's keep it a buck 50 I mean, this we is talk a about true the, democracy we could talk this, about like, the system before that point when we get drained of our resources and money putting trying to fund candidates that we want to see go to the top of the democrats only to have them like crush the state that they wanted to win and then they drop out of the race. And you've already like taken our money to drop out of the race and pledged their funds and their resources to some other candidate who you don't even fuck around and support. So it makes me feel as if like the the Democratic Party is already well beforehand chosen who they want to be at the front, but Absolutely. they know there's no way this person can capture the whole nation. So I'm gonna send you guys out there to get the funds from all these people and drain the communities and then once you get this small victory, instantly just drop out. And then you're yep. going to pledge all the funds that you got from these people to this one guy who normally wouldn't represent any of them. Because now, like, the choices, who we looking at for this? No, we looking at Biden and Trump? Trash yeah. and more trash. Trash and but more then, trash. Who you going to vote but, for? Like Exactly. And then you want to talk about the system being fucked up even on local and state levels. You look at what happened in Georgia. Like, we got, we got Mayor Bottoms in Atlanta. That's a win. Atlanta's a black-ass city, though. Damn near one of the blackest cities on in the in the country. So that doesn't even surprise me that we got a black female mayor. That's dope as hell. Now, what is surprising is the way that the the uh, shit governor governor's race. What? Is, how do you how do you say it? gubernatorial? Gubernatorial. Like that? Yeah. Gubernatorial yeah. It's like the B. It's like the it's B, gubernatorial. B shit, B. Yeah, that should be throwing me off. But the gubernatorial. Yeah, I know what I'm trying to say. Y'all never. I'll be calling that shit the, the goober. Sound it out. Sound the it out. <laughs> Bro, y'all know that shit tricky. Anyways, the governor's race was with Stacey Abrams, right? You, if you look at the precincts where black voters are, oh, they yeah, were they extremely, they were extremely understaffed. They didn't receive their ballots in time. The line, the waits were very, uh, were much, much longer. The poll, half of the poll system things didn't work. So it's like, y'all are literally, and oh, and then don't even get me started on voting regulations and how it's regulated state by state. <laughs> because they, they keep it at a level where the people, the voting power, because they know black votes actually do matter, which is why they do so much to suppress our vote. So it's like you can encouraging us to go to the to the polls and you're encouraging us to vote. But then when we actually show up, we can't actually vote. Make it impossible for my vote to count. We make, make it, it impossible. They exactly. try to deter you. They try to suppress you. They do everything in their power to make it so difficult that you just don't want to do it. Exactly. Actually, actually real stuff. Um, talk about that because like today is actually was actually the um the primaries for Pittsburgh. And, like, even though it was annoying, like, leading up all last week, I was, like, received text. Hey, yo, we noticed you didn't uh, submit for, like, a, uh, a mail-in ballot. Are you, are you still voting? Or, like, hey, you know, your, your voting place moved. We wanted to make sure you're aware of that. Are you still – do you still plan to vote? Stuff like that. So it was kind of cool that they reached out to me. And it was a little annoying, I will admit. But, like, they were still, like, yo, we noticed. Like, we just want to make sure that you have all the information so you can choose to vote or not vote should you want to do it. So right. it, was, it was pretty cool. <laughs> no, that's that's dope. <coughs> COVID, but uh, yeah, man, I, I I don't know. I always think about when we talk about celebrities. Just to get back to that, 
uh, when we think about like why isn't such and such saying anything, I always think about the Dave Chappelle. Uh, where's Ja? The, <laughs> why do we care what Ja Rule has to say? Yeah, and that's Dave Chappelle. <laughs> hey, Dave Chappelle is—he was before his time because a lot of what he be saying coming to fruition. But the point is, I don't give a fuck what they got to say. And when we talk about black leaders, GBU is absolutely correct. Like we tear down, we as black people make a joke out of everything, which is one thing that I love about us. But it's also something that we definitely need to work on because, like. It just might be like I'm only using him as an example. Like maybe maybe Sean King was the nigga that was supposed to lead us to salvation into the promised land. And shit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Come on, son. But no, that's why I say I'm only using him as an example. I feel it. Like, yeah, I'm I feel being it. For, I'm being facetious for sure. Yeah, I know. I know. But it's like we but we clown his well, ass. Well, well, also never out. know. Like it's we facetious, but know. we'll also never know. Like we'll never have any idea of how far things could have gone. Um, at the same time, we do, I mean, we do got to work on the jokes and shit that we crack, but like, how else do you deal with centuries of trauma, bro? Like, how else do you survive that unless you find a way to just look at life through like happy glasses and be like, that shit fucked up, but like, this is funny. That's why it's funny, yeah. Yeah. So that it's, it's a coping mechanism, really, man. Absolutely. I think until we find ways to like really address the trauma and shit that we dealing with. Um, it's gonna be hard to grow, which is why it's interesting that you know Leek brought up his uh, younger brother earlier, and said like he's grown up in this social media time where like they've been seeing these black bodies and 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 uh, all the violence and aggression that's been done towards us, not just physically but mentally, uh, spiritually, politically, everything that comes our way, and I think also like the rise of self care and mental health and everything that came with that. With these kids being able to recognize early on, like, this shit not okay. Like, this, this a lot. Like, not okay. I'm being exposed to it. And we kind of have parts of that. Like, you had your auntie to say her nerves bad, to which is really anxiety. <laughs> and, and I mean, I mean we're going to get into it. It's really anxiety. And, Damn, like, you bro. know. That's facts, like, though. <laughs> like, we, we had parts of that. But I think the access to information and everything they have now, um, these younger generations are able to understand like, yo, this is a deeper problem. And because they have that information at their fingertips from an earlier age, uh, I think that, that we're seeing more gains and people trying to like repair the scars and the wounds that are left on us genera- uh, generationally. Is that a word? Generationally? Uh, I think yeah. so. Yes. All right. Yeah. Generationally as we, as we grow as a community and as a people. So um, I do definitely have hope and like, presence in the future because like i said earlier i don't i don't want to see us going through this shit 40 years down the line 60 years down the line like i it needs to end it needs to end like i don't want my kids to have to come up in fear every time they see a cop car or come up whenever you see white people like to instantly be standoffish and close your whole energy down and try to just be like man if i don't say no shit to this person like i'm gonna be straight I don't want to not be able to get that job I want, so I'm not going to be myself. I'm going to just come in and just, how you doing? Yeah. What's good? So I'm I'm over it, man. I don't want people to have to go through this shit. It's not right. And I actually want to pose a question to y'all, too. Um, pose a what? Just a, a, a question to y'all about kind of like speaking on generational, right? So how are y'all's parents and grandparents 
you know, individuals who may or may not have lived through everything that was happening in the 60s. You know what I'm saying? Because if, I mean, you had in 1968, 69 was the Chicago riots and like 64, I think it was, was uh, Watts and uh, Detroit was in the 60s. So like they, they may or may not have experienced these, like were they in the trenches? Did they have a similar experience to us? And like, how are they reacting now? I was always been curious about like if y'all had those conversations with y'all uh, elders and y'all and y'all families. I got a, I got a grandmother that remembers uh, <clears throat> living. So her parents were slaves, and she remembers living on the plantation. But I think. She's a little foggy on these stories sometimes. I think she was not actually a slave, but they didn't have anywhere else they can go or anything they can do, so they still worked at this uh, plantation. Share, share like, yeah, but I'm not even sure they was any, even making money. Like, it, As I get more stories, I kind of learn more every time. I'm still trying to figure out exactly where she was with that whole thing. But to answer your question, her view of things like that is like, if we do good by ourselves, God will take care of us. Mm. So it's not exactly, it's not on us to like rise up and revolt because God is going to do that for us. Um, we just got to keep like trudging through and pushing through. And um, when God comes in, it'd be a God's plan. We're like, we'll prevail. Of course, I'm not with that line of thinking at all, but it's interesting that she comes from that time period and that's how she views it. If you look at her older children, um, they have a mindset that are where they are like, you could do all that, but it's all useless. Like none of it matter because we did all that too. We fought, we raged, we rioted, we flipped cars, we set things on fire, we were hosed down the streets, we did all that. And nothing happened. Like, we got some bills here and there. We had some things make it look like it changed. But they just made new institutions. And we're still in the same situation. They have that mindset. If you look at her right. younger kids, which is um, a slightly, like, younger generation. Because there's a gap between my grandmother's kids. If you look at the younger kids, like the generation my mom and stuff is in. They're like, they don't feel like nothing can happen. But change just takes a long time. So be careful how deep that you insert yourself into it because you don't want to die at the beginning of the change. And be very specific and focused on whatever change you're trying to make is their mindset. And then you look at us as trying to just take all that information and knowledge and put it in one ball and say, like, what can I learn from each one of these generations? And I think we still trying to figure out how to make this movement happen. But that's like the older people that's in my life right now and that's kind of like reflective of their mindsets if I had to like put a price on it when I talk to him. True. What about you, uh, Leek, Warren? Uh, uh, I got it. Okay. Uh, for the most part, like, uh, my mom's not, like, disheartened, I'll say. Um, she's just, like, very sad. Like, she does remember that, like, back in the day how it was. Um, but, like, her main focus is, like, making for sure, like, are, you know, are you good? Like, yo, uh, I don't really want you going to the protest but you know um because that wasn't really her way growing up i don't think but she just wants to make sure like her her children myself and my sister are like are okay 
Um, she, but she has like deep sympathy for like the folks out there, and she's just you know, she also like doesn't understand like why folks are are looting stuff because like she just doesn't get it, I guess. Um, or she's like she's not a fan of it. She wished they would like take their energy and use it elsewhere, but she doesn't. Uh, she's not like necessarily like disheartened about like where it could be in the future. She's just mostly worried, concerned about her family. And like, as long as everyone's okay, we'll get through this. Like we got through it back in the day, kind of thing. For sure. So, my parents are old enough to experience it, and I only have like one living grandparent. And it's not a conversation that I've had with her recently. I just know that when she was a lot younger, she would be a part of protests and such. Like, my grandmother was a part of the Black Panther Party. Like, she was out there with niggas. Like, she raw as hell. Yeah. So, like, she was in the thick of things back then. Like, my like my uncles and stuff. Like, they were friends with Muhammad Ali. Like, it's a whole lot of history on that side of my family. But I haven't had conversations with her about it now. Um, it's something I do want. I do need to talk to her about, though, just to get her perspective on what's the same, what's different, what right. she think people should do, so on and so forth. Um, my parents, um, like, my parent, like, my mother, she's the more outspoken one about stuff. So, like, she's full on, like, if you got a problem with this shit, you can fucking delete me. Period. This is bullshit. Da, 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 da. All these all these police officers, like, all this shit is bullshit. There's no reason. Like, you know, vocal like that. Right. But she is not, like, out there in stuff because she, you know, she got bills. She, you know, like, she has other responsibilities where she doesn't go and put herself in them situations. Plus, she knows some shit happened to her. Her, her sons is going to tear the fucking city up. So, she is not really into that. My, my father... He's more of the not really vocal one. He's more of the like social media, like Facebook type, like spread awareness about stuff and shit like that. But um, something something that GB said like kind of struck a nerve with me when he was talking about his grandmother. When they were saying like, when she was saying like, well, you know, God is gonna take care of us in the end. Um, that mentality, I feel like has crippled a lot of black people. I ain't want to say that, but I agree. I'm going to fucking say it. I 100% like, agree, but I, I don't be trying to get, like, I, I don't I be feel, trying to I get into you, that convo. You got to pick my up. You got to. Because when I see shit like that, I get infuriated. Because I'm sick of black people sitting around, oh, well, you know, it's going to happen eventually, or God going to come take care of us. It's all like... Why do we insist on waiting for somebody to come fucking save us? Because like, it's I'm, easy, bro. I'm, I'm that's sick of that that's shit, what religion. Bro. That's what religion's purpose was. Was a, was a way like, to brainwash and and placate play, the. That's a that's, and, like, that's a hold back. We you keep the masses gentle because they just literally it's like God will take care of me, and as long as I believe in that, I'll be good. And every good moment that comes my way, it's God giving me a little bit, so I always have hope. Like this shit could be horrible, and then yep. one good moment could happen, and I'll be like, God has finally heard me. Now the greatness will come, and then it's gonna take a little bit, and then I got I got to take a little bit of time because I'm waiting for the greatness to happen, and nothing has changed really. I'm still miserable, but because I had that good and I have faith, I can stay happy and like content what I got going on so like that shit always triggers a nerve with me but 
I've learned when it comes to my grandmother, she is of a certain age. There is nothing that I could say to her. It's nothing oh. that I could do to convince her that that is not what the fact of the situation is. And so at this point, I have to, I had to like learn how to have conversations with her and take what she was telling me and apply it to my life. So I am not like a religious person and I, I'm, I, I don't do like God and all that, but I do believe in like spirituality and my connection to the universe. And so I have to take the lessons that she gives me in that matter and then translate them to my own way of thinking and then figure out how to apply that to my life. And that's what I've come to do with my grandmother because so many of her lessons come from the church and that mentality of slavery that was put, that was built into mm -hmm. them by design. Since we, you know, we keep doubling down on by design, by design that was beat into her that she knows that, you know, this is what the world is. Like they come to accept this is the world and this is the life that I deserve. I hate to say it. And if I deserve more, God will give it to me. But if God didn't give it to me, I have to be happy for what I have. And if I don't have these things like liberties and freedoms and, and everything that was happening, it wasn't my time to have it. It wasn't deserved by me. It wasn't wow. God's design. It's, it's, it's infuriating, ain't it? That shit fucking nah, disgusting. This shit burns that, me up every time, bro. I'm hot thinking about it. Like, I'm getting hot thinking about it. That's like just shit, like, I can't even say enough how much this shit just, like, it eats away at me. Because, like, on one hand, you, I, I want so badly for my people to fucking progress. But until they get out of this fucking mentality that, oh, well, somebody's going to come save us. Or this is what we deserved. Or, oh, we did, this is happening to us because of this. Like, some motherfuckers is going to have to fucking get left behind because... Niggas is gonna bring us back, and I hate to fucking say, Lee. but the shit is true. So that's that's actually a great. Uh, unless GB, you want to say something, because I, I had a reason for why I asked that question in the first place. I know you don't listen to the pod, Grandma, but this is no shade to you because <laughs> this is just, it is what it is. Like it's no shade to you at all. Like I, I don't love you any less that that you just are a product of your time and like where you came from. And this is not any shade, but like that mindset cannot exist it's dangerous in the bro. present it's dangerous in the present it does not work for the situation and environment that we in and you hate to fucking see it but um i still love my grandmother i talk to her every time i go home and like have these conversations um she'd be dropping gems i just really had to learn how to like take the gems for what they were and translate them and apply them to my life and that has helped me immensely once i got beyond being frustrated and upset with her because of like how she thought and how she felt and 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 being of her time and once i moved into a place of like well she is wise and she do be dropping facts i just got to figure out how those facts apply to me now um so like no shade to anyone that is of that mentality but that mentality cannot roll when the revolution comes it's not gonna work i'm not fucking with it at all <laughs> nah, that's a fact. So, um, unless there was any other comments, my last kind of like question, I guess, not really even a question, but yeah, it's a question. My last question that relates to the question that I asked previously was about a collective consciousness. So, I'll give my story. I talked to my mom, my grandma, and they got the mindset with my family. They ignorant in like the black definition of ignorant, where it's like, 
Oh, damn. Y'all, y'all not ignorant like they don't know shit, but ignorant as in like they just be funny as hell and just be saying anything type shit. You know what I'm saying? So like my grandma especially, she she is kind of like crude and she just say whatever like come to her mind. And her mentality is that uh these niggas these niggas stupid. Like what the fuck is wrong with y'all? Blah blah blah. But her mama my great-grandmother marched with MLK when, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, I got, I seen a photo, that shit was actually wild. She was literally in the trenches marching with MLK. But it's crazy because it's like, with each generation, the mindset changes. So the segue is how do we create a collective consciousness amongst black people? Because, Leek, you, you touched on this a little bit where you said some niggas just gonna have to get left behind. Personally, I agree with you, but honestly, I feel like we can't progress past marching, past being Twitter fingers, you know what I'm saying, until we understand we all are on the same page because we have some people who just honestly live in their bliss. They prefer to be ignorant. They prefer to act like this shit don't exist as black folks because if you ignore it, you don't have to acknowledge that it's happening. And that means your life doesn't change because of it. There are people like that. There are people like that that are close to us. But do we condemn them for that? Or do we try to get them to understand that they have a role to play in this the same way that we do, the same way that we talk about, and the same way that we care? You know what I'm saying? So it's like, do we believe or do y'all believe that it's important to try to create a collective consciousness? And do you think that it's necessary to have a collective consciousness and consciousness in order to move forward in order to figure out ways to progress this is the perfect wrap-up conversation because it brings us back to the question i started with that the secretary proposed what is your role in this whole thing how do you exactly the collective consciousness of everything um like i said i'm still working that out i don't believe that the collective consciousness takes collective movement mm-hmm. at all times. Um, so I, what I mean by that is that I don't believe that in order for all of us to be on the same page, all of us have to be out doing something physically working. You will always, with any population type of human beings, whether it be like it's a fraternity or it's a work group or whatever, you're going to always have people that aren't going to like chip in or put in the same work. Um, you're going to have people that naturally rise to the top. You're going to have people that are doers. You're going to have people that are strategizers. I think it's important for everyone to know their role and know where they sit. The main benefit of us having the collective consciousness, if you look at like insects like hive mind or ants or bees, not saying I want to be at that level, but to understand, like we talked about earlier, that these things have to happen for us to be on the same page. Like these things have to happen and this is what has to change so we can be clear and direct as a team, as a unit. And so that we don't condemn each other and destroy each other in the process of trying to gain positivity for all. I think that is the benefit of collective consciousness, but I think we're doing a disservice to ourselves if we expect every black person to pitch in equal amounts of work at every point. That is not the way that anything in human nature works. And so um, I preach collective consciousness, but I'm not sure if a lot of people understand that that is separate from like collective movement. Yep. Yeah. Makes sense.
damn, y'all just gone. Oh, I, I okay. I've been talking <laughs> a lot. I got, I got, I got words. I got words, but I nah, want to uh, give everybody it makes else sense. Uh, <laughs> I must have said some bullshit. Then <laughs> they just nah. like, hey, fuck that, or, bro. Or, or you was just spitting and they, yeah, we was like, taking nah, it in. Right. Yeah, it's like what else? Like, also, it's like there's not a whole lot more to say on that. It's like kind of said it. So, like, my bad, but I agree. I'm, a, I'm a. You can just jump cut it to the I agree part, cousin. How about that? I'm not jump cutting this episode at all. I'm literally just chopping off the beginning before we start the episode, and I'm putting it up. I don't think that I'm in a space where I can like edit this episode through. I'm a little emotional right now. I'm definitely gonna listen to it once it drops again, but editing just not in me right now. I think I'm just gonna chop the beginning out and just start it off where I introduced us, and that's gonna be the episode. I'm not taking anything out of this shit. It's just gonna be raw, unfiltered, exactly how this conversation happened. I feel that the silence um, is like makes on oh, my belly. Oh well, before we, before we grab it, my to, to answer that question, I feel like us as a people, we do need to come together. But you can't force people to want to do shit that they're not wanting to do. If some people are are content with where they at and what's happening to them, then them the motherfuckers that's gonna get left behind, and I'm not gonna be apologetic about it. I don't want to fuck with you. I don't want to be around you either. Um, and it's just that simple for those of us that are trying to better ourselves we have to come together as a group and figure out a course of action one of the huge problems is everybody wants to be a fucking leader nobody wants to follow anybody any fucking organization that has ever succeeded has some form of hierarchy that you follow so if you're not going to have that then all you're going to have is chaos um so I think we do need to pr- like to go forward as a collective and but we also need to understand that those of us that or those of them I should say that aren't trying to come with us either shut the fuck up and get out the way or don't do anything to in- inhibit us from proceeding. Those of y'all that want to get in the way, you d- you, we're not going to deal with y'all on, on any level. Oh, I'm not on any level, like period. Because at the end of the day, if you're gonna get in the way, then you're a part of the problem. Um, I, I think it was a, it might have been a, uh, who was? It? I don't know if it was Frederick Douglass or if it was Nat Turner, but they said he asked a thousand slaves, like, who's willing to revolt and do what we need to do, and only 900 stepped forward. And he said the first thing we need to do is get rid of these mother- hundred motherfuckers behind us because they're gonna get in the way, and. That's damn near how I feel. Because if you're not going to help or just sit there and watch, and part of me don't even feel like you should be able to sit there and watch and not do shit. But if you're not going to help, then you need to stand aside and not get in the way. And once you get in the way, whether you're black or not, you need to get the fuck out of the way, whether it be voluntarily or involuntarily. I feel that. I feel that, Lee. Um, That road be long, rough, and rocky. Yeah, who you you are hilarious, uh, <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> but no, nah, Lee, I, I I totally 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 understand and I totally feel that. And uh, I said this earlier in the pod, but like, I'll use me as an example. Uh, I'm not a protester, right? I'm hurt. I'm sad. I'm I'm furious. I'm angry. I'm not a protester. I I I've I read. I've read the history. I've seeing the case studies the shit don't work g 
It doesn't. I'm sorry. It does not work. Uh, the looting and the rioting, like you said, Leek, you got a family, G. I, I'm about to be a father. I can't go to jail when I have to provide. So, like, while I stand in solidarity with the protesters and I stand in solidarity with the looters and the rioters because they out there and they doing their thing, you have soldiers, you have generals. I'm not saying that I'm a general, but I'm good at community. I'm good at organizing. I'm good at uh, bringing people together under a common cause in order to affect change in policy. You know what I'm saying? That's my role. So we, we want to talk about what is your role. My role isn't that of a foot soldier. I'm not going to be out in the streets protesting. I'm not going to be looting and rioting. I'm going to stand in, stand in solidarity and I'm going to defend them. Even if I don't agree with the looting and the rioting, I'm going to defend you. You see what I'm saying? I'm going to make sure that I'm creating the narrative for us because that's my role. My role is to be the person that's out here like, yo, we finna take every, like, let's get the foot soldiers and let's go you know what I'm saying? Go to city council meetings. Let's go. Let's go to the the Senate meetings. You know what I'm saying? Let's pull up. Let's if we have if they're forcing us to operate within their system, let's make sure we doing shit with let's make sure that we showing up and showing the fuck out. And I know how to do that. You see, you know what I mean? So like I can organize people and I got I can organize and network enough where we writing policies that protect against police brutality that that's not going to be enough but if we can get something on the docket that says if uh, a situation like george floyd's happened again there's immediate repercussions this nigga don't get paid administratively he get fired right away and we start that trial it's like if i can figure out ways to create policies surrounding housing for victims of police violence if i can figure out ways to create policy around uh protections for individuals who are unjustly arrested during protests if they were being peaceful or even if we can figure out ways to um lower penalties for individuals who participated in the looting and rioting and things like that there are ways that you can affect and be there are ways that you can affect change and be part of the movement without actually being boots on the ground and i think that we have to as black people understand that not everyone is a foot soldier so if you don't see me out there protesting that don't mean i'm just in the crib cooning i'm working g like i'm having these conversations and i'm actually putting pen to paper you feel me so like i'm i'm an actionable person just it doesn't look the same as you and i've always been that way where i the motherfucker you always have like a politician is the face but all they do is look good and talk but then you got the motherfuckers next to him and then you got the motherfuckers next to that motherfucker and those are the ones that's actually sitting here and writing out policy for that politician to sign you know what i'm saying and it's i'm that person you. yeah exactly i'm that person that's going to sit down do the research make sure that i'm making sure there's no loopholes so then when i give it over to that motherfucker that look pretty and talk well and he signed his name on it and that shit becomes law i know that i did that shit I'm the one that wrote that shit. Yeah, he'll get the credit, but I'm the one that wrote that shit. So I did my part. So let me uh let me first commend you for like that high level of honesty and your self-evaluation. Um that 
is the first step to collective consciousness. The problem is the individual is not always honest with themselves about who they are. And so I talked about that hive mind. Worker bees are are born knowing they're a worker bee. Uh, Worker ants or lifters, like, y'all say ants, y'all say bug life. Y'all know. These (laughs) motherfuckers is born. And they know exactly what their position in that society is, and they do that. Um, Like, Leto and Leek both said, everyone can't be the leader, the main leader, but you can identify what type of leaders you are. Even if you look at, like, a business entity, you, you got, like, the CEO who's, like, the face, and the dude is, like, telling you what's happening but he got a group of leaders right underneath him that's giving him the counsel and telling him what to say he got a digital leader he got a marketing leader he has a, a operations leader so Lito's self-evaluation of himself I, I just got to be like real like that's honest and that's necessary bro that you know that you depend the paper person and that you finna get the bills written um you know if you out there and you the plug and you a networking and you know people then shit put that shit to use and become a lobbyist man Get your ass someplace and be networking with these people and be like, I got this bill over here. I got to get in front of you. I need you to put your eyes on it, put your pen to paper on it, sign it. Let's make it happen. Things like that. All of that is necessary. Um, I talked about I'm struggling earlier. I'm used to being the the Hokage in the shadows, being the person behind the dark that's strategizing and writing out and designing how the system should work and giving that to someone else and being like, you can go ahead and do that. But since the inception of this pod, I found myself being okay with being the face of things more and more. And I think that's why I'm struggling because I'm also struggling with my own personal things. Like where does my place belong? And, and if that is shifting, if that is changing, then where do I belong with movements and, uh, and, uh, I can't think of what I'm trying to say and systems that I care about. Like where do I belong within those? So that I can make sure that I'm putting all my skills and all my passion and all my energy to use in an effective way. And I'm not being counterproductive to what I need to be doing. So when I figure that out, I'll definitely, you know, update y'all. Y'all going to know what I'm moving on and what I'm doing. But for right now, I think that you knowing that that's where your strengths are, Lito, like, that's dope. And we need more people to kind of know where they are. Because everybody don't have to be a protester. Everybody don't have to be... Uh, you know, the next political leader. And I think some people just be aiming for positions that's not meant for them. And you got to be honest and know, like, this ain't meant for me, but I can be this. Right. Absolutely. Because um, I'll leap. No, nah, I feel that 100%. Um, I feel like knowledge of self and what you should and can do is extremely important. Because if you try to force yourself into a position because you just want to look good or you want to be in that position, all you're going to do is ruin everybody underneath you and fuck up the whole thing. So I definitely agree with that. Um, The thing is, though, you can't be twiddling your thumbs trying to figure out what it is, like what you need to do, though, because at the time that you trying to figure it out, like shit is moving, shit is happening, like the world doesn't stop. So I'm not trying to say anybody should rush into something, but... I think you should be conscious that like things are still happening while we wait on you to figure out your role. Um, so I think that's a good wrap up for the conversation. Uh, 
first off, let me thank y'all for pulling up and like having this conversation with me. This shit was definitely necessary and needed uh, for me personally because. I just got a lot out. I don't know if y'all heard it in my voice, but I just had like some emotional moments during this podcast. So it felt good for me to get this out. Um, Supernovas, thank y'all for listening up to this point. Like I really appreciate it. Uh, so that's first. Thank you to to y'all three. Uh, I appreciate yeah, y'all. Even Love though it's kind of hard to uh, for me to like articulate like thoughts I might have, but you know, glad I could help because of. I think you did good. No. You know. Yeah, I was gonna say if anything, we I I appreciate your input, Warren. For real, because like again, like uh, GB was saying, like Leek was saying, like you was honest with yourself, and that's a that's a great like asset. That that's your role here. Like, yeah, be you honest gotta be with self aware. Know where you belong, bro. Don't put yourself, don't put yourself out there if it's not where you want to be. I'd rather have ten niggas is giving me a hundred percent than have me a hundred niggas is giving me ten percent. Because it's easy to organize 10. It's hard to organize 100. And I can't always maintain it going to be at 10%. Like, I appreciate you for being honest and being like, that's not your spot. Like, it's cool. So, um, still, thank you. Uh, how I want to, uh, what am I saying? <laughs> this is the outro. Ha-ha. Uh, Supernovas, as always, join the conversation on Twitter and Instagram with the Worst Generation Podcast family. Uh, share any informative links that you may have uh, to keep people updated on what's happening. Share any uh, donations, any programs, anything that you got going on. Share them with the page. Uh, Leak has been doing a great job of retweeting things, making sure that the information gets out there. Like I said before, I know we aren't like the biggest platform that's out there, but we do take it seriously and we feel like we have a responsibility to you guys to share what we do have and make sure that as much information that we have is spread because that is the key to power is information. So don't let anyone take that away from you. Please share. Uh, give us your input. Um, if you're dealing with anything personally or if you have any observations or insights, if you want to engage in conversation with the, the four of us that were on this episode and ask some questions or anything, feel free to do that. Our at names are in the description below. Make sure you use the hashtag WorstGenTalk. Uh, we hope that you learned from this episode. We hope that you became inspired. We hope that you maybe had a moment where you could have chuckled or smiled a little bit. And most of all, I hope that you feel relieved. Uh, after listening to this episode, maybe you feel heard. Maybe you feel seen. I want that for everyone. Uh, s- stay in tune with the pod. We got season two that's coming up soon. We appreciate all y'all for being there for us, uh, for listening to us, for rocking with us. Um, more to come don't forget to support uh the t-shirt 100 percent of the profits will be going to a donation or a charity that we will identify on the day this episode drops uh and i think that's it until next time we out you just listened to the worst generation podcast produced by gpm if you made it this far you probably fucking with us So subscribe, rate, and review the Worst Generation podcast on your favorite podcast app. Join the conversation by following us on Instagram at Worst Generation Podcast, on Twitter at Worst Gen underscore pod, or by leaving us a voice message. We really want to hear the thoughts and opinions of all our listeners out there. You can help us create more content, live events, and giveaways by supporting us through Anchor or our Patreon page. All links are in the show notes below. Thank you.
spent in a man Is in the woman who packs him up And in you 